Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Neighbor Up Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television Equity in the Arts Fund. Neighbor Up Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods and our city. My guest today is Miss Mary Macias co-founder and CEO of the Footpath Foundation. She hails from the great state of Michigan, where she grew up in the historic community of Rochester Hills. In 2001, she received her Bachelor of Arts degree with honors from the University of Michigan and a law degree from Wayne State College in 2004. Outdoor activity innovator, program developer, children's advocate, mentor, community bridge builder, attorney. She is sincerely dedicated and committed to enhance the lives of children and expose them to the many wonders of the great outdoors. Miss Macias resides in Westlake, Ohio with her family. The Footpath Foundation is a Neighborhood Connections grant recipient and a member of the Neighbor Up Network. Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. Thank you for visiting with us today. I am honored to speak with you. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Who or what inspired your love for the great outdoors? Well, thank you for having me today. It's so nice to get to talk to you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, I would say who, and I would have to say my dad. Um, he grew up in northern Michigan, and he loves being outside. He shared this with myself and my brother as we were growing up, and we used to go camping as a family, go to the beach. Um, really, tr- he loves the beach, and I think that was a great part of of my beginning understanding of the outdoors. And now I love the water and the beach. Um, and so I would I would have to say my dad. Yeah, I'm a beach lover, too. I love the water as well. I do. So in 2015, you co-founded the Footpath Foundation with your business partner, Sarah Taberling. Why was this organization created? So as you know, I grew up in Michigan. And in the year 2000, I had the opportunity to take a group of kids from Detroit to northern Michigan to a camping experience. And it was just life changing. Um, I worked with that organization in Michigan for several years. And then when I moved here into Cleveland, it was 2012. And I didn't see an organization that was specifically working on taking youth from urban areas, low-income areas to nature. So I asked that organization in Michigan if I could open a chapter here. And they said, no, we don't really want to grow. And so I had been actually walking with Sarah and talking and we had were discussing this and talking about how we wanted to take kids to camp and how could we do it. And now this organization didn't want to partner with us. And so we sort of looked at each other and said, well, I guess we could do it ourselves. Yeah. And so with that notion, we began the process of becoming a 501c3 and, and that's how we got started. So we, we received our 501c3 status in November of 2015. We did some fundraising through the rest of that year. And then we took our first group of kids to overnight camp in the summer of 2016. Wow. Yeah. I I love camping. So now tell us about your programs, the outside discovery, discover your path and the equestrian therapy. And can schools acquire your curriculum? Sure. Good, good question. So, so as you know, we began as overnight camp in the summer, but 
Um, thankfully, because we weren't part of the other organization, when we saw the need for more programming, we were able to develop it and implement it. So our school programs right now are for fifth and sixth graders. Our fifth grade program is called Outside Discovering Me, and our sixth grade program is called Discover Your Path. So both programs are similar in that they are um, they reach the Ohio standards for science, and they also touch upon some English language and arts uh, standards, as well as some social emotional learning. Our goal is to get kids outside. So these programs have curriculum that we give to the teacher along with all of the supplies. They receive a teacher's guide. They receive all of the printed um, materials, student workbooks, as well as all of the hands-on materials in a nice bin so that they have it for the whole year. And the fifth graders get six lessons that can be taught at any time throughout the year. And the sixth graders have eight lessons. And with these lessons, again, the goal is to get the kids and the teacher outside. Um, we know that this increases their curiosity and engagement in education. So spending time outside, and then there's a science hands-on component where the students are learning. And then we tie in a little bit of social-emotional learning, meaning um, we might talk about perseverance or perspective-taking or um, kindness or listening to your inter interperson and your inner voice as you make your choices in life. So those those two school-based programs can be acquired by schools. We're currently working with the Cleveland School District, CMSD, as well as the Lorraine City Schools. Um, And it is available for other schools as well. That's wonderful. Um, Thank you. It's it's very exciting. Uh, We will now, this year, we have 29 urban classrooms. Oh, great. The two programs. That's really great. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of growth and it's um, it's very exciting. The other programs, the um, Outdoor Adventures and our Connection Kits, those are for our community partners. So we work with the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority, as well as the Boys and Girls Club of Northeast Ohio, as well as some other community partners. But those are the, the after school, out of school or summertime adventures that we take. And the Outdoor Connection Kits are kits that came actually out of COVID, where the child receives a colorful lesson as well as outdoor materials so that they can go outside and have fun. So again, it was created out of COVID when we couldn't be with our students in person, but they, the families and kids love them so much that we, we kept them around. Yeah. And it's it's really exciting because kids get to they're designed so that kids can be in an outside area close to their home, um, allowing them to explore and understand that there might be nature just outside on their porch. Yes. Or balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that has really been exciting for us to be able to reach kids in another way, giving them fun things to do outside, like playground balls and and cones and chalk and jump yeah. ropes and um, special airplanes, all sorts of fun outdoor activities. Yeah, all those things that I still love to. <laughs> I yes, love, me too. I love drawing on the sidewalk. And about your equestrian therapy. Yes, that's a specialized program for our kids. Um, we have a couple partners for that, but mostly the kids living in Ohio Guidestone Cottages. Mm-hmm. So these are kids who have been um, removed from their homes and now live in a in a residential setting with other children. This is a very important 
program because it allows the kids to leave their residential living space, come to a place with horses and really learn about themselves, about communication, about trust. And um, we work with Camp Cheerful for that program. That sounds really wonderful. So which kind of you've kind of touched on a little bit more, but we're going to talk about a little bit more. So why is it important for children to have an outdoor and camping experience? Because I can say for myself, I was a Girl Scout for eight years. So I remember going to Juliet Kroll and Margaret Bates. Uh, I I camped out in my backyard. (laughs) I loved camping that much. And I'm going to be. I have no problems. I'm going to be 68 this year. And so those experiences still live with me. So let's talk about from your perspective, what you've seen, why is it important for kids to have really great outdoor experiences and especially camping? Yeah, I think that what you just said is really important. It stays with them. Um, These experiences are, are really building blocks to who they are because they get to discover themselves in a different way that they might not have had the opportunity to do had they not had these outdoor experiences. And you know, maybe, maybe we can talk more about this, but as you have the chance to try something new, like sleeping in a tent or sleeping in a cabin or being in the woods, which you've never had the chance to explore, it allows you to pause and understand your place in the world better, as well as to overcome fears and anxieties of the unknown. So what we see, um, when kids are outside for the first time, and especially with camping. And the reason we chose camping back in 2016 was because it is an all, it's like an all-inclusive, immersive experience where kids are experiencing all sorts of things for the new, for the first time, new, new things like sleeping in a cabin, being away from home, being in the woods. These things are are opportunities that give kids the chance to feel a little bit anxious and then to see that they can overcome that anxiety or fear. So that builds self-confidence. It builds self-awareness. It builds their self-esteem to be able to see, oh, I faced something challenging. I felt scared. And then I did it anyway. So we talk about this a lot with um, swimming in a lake for the first time or getting in a canoe for the first time or walking in the dark woods for the first time. Kids will say to me, Miss Mary, I'm so scared. I'm like, I know, I know you are, but I also know you can do it. So let's try. Are you ready to try? Okay, Miss Mary, you know, and they step into the canoe and when you, you push them out into the water, their face changes from fear to pure joy. Yeah. And that smile that comes across their face. Yeah. And then they yell things like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> and it's just an incredible experience for them to be able to realize in that moment that they can do hard things. Yeah. So camping gives them a lot of chances to do that. Um, and the transformation that you see in three short days is absolutely incredible. Wow. So kind of let's tie this together in terms of some of the health and wellness benefits that children gain from camping, as well as the activities that help build on that. Because I know you do swimming, you do boating, but you do other things as well, too. Right. So we know and studies continue to show and support that being outside improves your mental and physical health. We, we know and, and we've seen 
that spending some time outside can decrease your stress and your anxiety just by being outside. You don't even have to be doing an an activity. You can just be sitting or walking or standing in a green space for 10 to 20 minutes and you will be able to decrease your stress and anxiety. We've even seen ADHD symptoms decrease after spending 20 minutes in green space. So just by being, you're going to improve your mental health. And then your physical health also improves because you're changing the the, the chemicals and the imbalances in your body when you're feeling a lot of stress and cortisol yeah. might be right higher than normal, right? Blood pressure is higher. Um, So by taking some deep breaths, which we talk about a lot in footpath, like that allows you to bring down your blood pressure and your heart rate and your anxiety, um, allowing you to breathe in that, that fresh air. And we've also seen that improves kids' academic success, that they actually do better. They're more engaged learners, better listeners after spending some time outside. Yeah. And, and listen, I, it, it, I'm an older lady. It works for me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. That's the first I thing. actually was recently in a, in a meeting and I was, I was feeling pretty stressed and, um, our program director that was in the meeting with me, she said, I think you need to take a walk outside. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I do. Let's just go outside and walk and and figure this out. We'll problem solve together while we're, while we're outside. It it makes a big difference. So now what schools did you partner with for your student participation? Cause I see you've got some wonderful schools that you are working with. Yeah, we have a lot of schools signed up right now. Orchard STEM, um, Elementary, Garfield Elementary, Clara Westrop, Mary B. Martin, Paul Dunbar, Dyke School of Arts, Douglas MacArthur, and this year, A.J. Rickoff and Nathan Hale are also joining That's us. That's great. Um, those are all some of our Cleveland schools that are partnering with those fifth and sixth programs with us. That is wonderful, wonderful. Now, what has been the response from students who are first-time campers? I know you talked a little bit about how they feel about going on the lake and what have you, but uh, what's been some of their reactions for your very first-time campers? Yeah, those I did. Those very first-time campers are so much fun. Um the response is absolute positive joy and um, and change, positive change. You can see that those first-time campers go from anxiety, a little bit nervous, to just happiness. The most common words we ask the kids, we say, you know, what did we do well? What did we? What did you not like? How was the food? We want to hear from from our kids. And we ask them, how did camp make you feel? And there are almost the top three words that always come up are calm, happy, and free. Nice. And I think free, free. really speaks to that that emotion that they struggle to say. But when we when we ask them clearly, like, how do you feel right now? They instantly will say free. And I think that's a really important word because we we know that the kids we serve are facing challenges, hardships every day. Yeah. And having the chance to be outside with us gives them that feeling, um, that that feeling that we're hoping for. And they they do get to experience things for the first time. And they tell me without asking, like, look, I overcame my fear. Look at me, I'm brave. I tried this. 
And sometimes yeah. they find something that they're really good at that they had no idea. We had a little boy, little boy, he was 11, um, try archery for the first time. And he was really good at it. And he turned around and he said, now I know I'm good at something. Wow. Yeah. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I'm, I'm not good at basketball. And that's all the guys do back at home. All we do is play basketball and they make fun of me because I'm so bad. But now, now I know at least I'm good at something. That's excellent. And you never yeah. know that experience can change someone's life. And he's going to go on to school and get into archery. You just never know from these experiences. So how many children participate yearly? So last year we served 2,200 kids. Wow. And actually I'm paced to, to serve 2,200 kids again this year. That's marvelous. That is. And so who are your campsite partners? Where do you take the children to camp at? Mm-hmm. We partner with several different camps. Um, camp Homey, Dakota, uh, Red Oak Camp, and then Common Ground, as well as I mentioned Camp Cheerful for our equestrian theory. Therapy. <laughs> that's, that's quite all right. Well, you can't do all of this without a wonderful staff. So tell us about your staff and, and the great oh, work that they do. Our team is incredible. And you're absolutely right. It takes all of us as well as our volunteers and our donors and our supporters. So our program director is Sherry Sanfilippo. She um, actually has a master's in engineering. That's her background. And she loves science, but she's a natural educator and kids are just very drawn to her. So she's our program director. And then we also have Deb Wadden, who's our curriculum specialist. She's been in education for over 22 years, and she helps develop the curriculum with Sherry, along with child psychologist and um, a retired school social worker. And then Monica Marshall is one of our lead um, program instructors, and she's been part of Footpath for over five years. Uh, and students absolutely love Monica. She is she is able to teach kids nature and and social emotional things in seconds because they're so drawn to her and listen to her so closely. It's incredible. That's wonderful. Um, and then we actually just hired four new program instructors okay. who will begin tomorrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Um, we're excited to have them join us. And we have a volunteer coordinator and project manager, Jamie Martinez, who's fabulous. And then Sarah Tabling, my co-founder, is now our marketing specialist. Excellent. She's working behind the scenes. That is excellent. So now we were talking about walking a little bit, but Footpath has something called Mindful Hikes. And why are they important? Tell us about it. Yeah, mindful hikes are are very important. They allow us to be able to teach the kids to stop, pause, and and just be for for a minute or two. Yeah. So, for example, we might ask we might ask them to walk or hike silently instead of talking for two minutes, which actually can be pretty challenging. If you have- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was a I was a former substitute teacher with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District. And so I would start off my class that way, just have everybody just sit. Let's just have a few moments of silence before we go into the lesson. Yeah, it can be it can be challenging. Yeah. And that but I'm sure once it happens, right? Then it happens and they get it. Right. And um and they take that time. So we might talk about taking deep breaths. We might ask them to focus on light, look at the light that's coming through the trees or isn't coming through the trees and encouraging them to take those deep breaths and take a moment to be present, um, allowing them to practice trying that, just 
being present right now, allowing them to release some stress. And, um, and then it also allows them to think back to that moment when they are in a stressful or, you know, maybe they're upset about something back at home. They might be able to just take that moment, go, go there in their minds, remind themselves to take some deep breaths and remember how, how calm they felt in those moments on that mindful hike. Yeah, well, that's just something that we can all take the time to do as a mindful Absolutely. hike. Even if you, even if you just walk around in a circle in your backyard, you can yes. take that time. Um, your program, um, we talk, touched on it a little bit. Your program uh, meets the Ohio Department of Education Standards for Science. So we touched on ELA and SEL. Could you talk about that a little bit more and what that means for our participants and so our, our listeners will understand what those letters stand for? If you're if you're not in education, it's hard to keep up with all the acronyms. <laughs> so the ELA is the English Language Arts Standards. Um, each lesson incorporates learning how to read and comprehend and write um, about nonfiction because we're we're talking about science mm-hmm. and wanting to help encourage them. It's a different set of skills to be able to read and write about um, a- about science, right? Right. And they do that in by reading our lessons and then reflecting on them and answering some questions in the workbooks that we give them. And then the social emotional learning or SEL is built into every lesson. So this is important because it allows them to tie in nature with life skills. We might be talking about communication. Um, I mentioned perspective taking or uh Sometimes we talk about grit and having mantras and what's your personal mantra as as a student. How will you get through hard times? We have a lesson about trees where we talk about stress. Because mm. if you think about a tree and a child, they're alike in the way that they cannot control the surroundings and they cannot necessarily move away from them. True. So, yeah, a tree's grounded, and when it feels stressed, what do, what happens to that tree? What does it look like? Yeah. And when a kid feels stressed, what happens to that child? And then giving them tools for how to overcome that stress when they're facing it, a hardship or a challenge, and what does it mean to recognize your stress, and then how how can we alleviate some of that stress for a kid? So each lesson ties in some piece of social development, personal development for the child. That is wonderful. That's excellent. Now, on September 14th, 2023, not too far off now, Footpath will host their eighth annual golf fundraiser. How can people get involved and support your efforts to send children to camp? And I just really want you to outline again how long the children stay and what you give them. Because when I prepare for a conversation, I read everything. And so you guys give these children wonderful, uh, wonderful equipment that they need. Yes, you're right. We didn't talk about that yet. Um, when, when we take kids to overnight camp, it's three days and two nights and we need to make sure that they have everything they need so that they aren't feeling, um, insecure or anxious about that piece of it. So we give them a sleeping bag, a pillow, pillowcase, um, they get a towel, all of the the bathrooms are stocked with what they need. So there's lotion, shampoo, body wash, conditioner. Um, they get a toothbrush and toothpaste, deodorant, mm-hmm. ponchos, um, a water bottle, a little backpack, mm-hmm. anything that they they might need, they will have. 
So we just ask them to bring their clothes. And in fact, we have extra clothes if someone, you know, get, falls out of the canoe and it's soaking wet and doesn't have a spare, a spare set of shorts. We have it. Um, that's really important to us because we don't want those things to be a barrier right. to getting outside or to be able to come to camp. Right. I have to worry. So students have to worry. Cause, the community often comes and volunteers yeah. um, and donates new sleeping bags and new pillows. And um, so that is very important to, to our kids. Yeah, it is. You guys do a really great job. Now, have former campers returned as counselors and mentors? They have not yet, Okay, but mostly because we don't have any students who have graduated from high school just yet because yeah. of the age that we work with. Yeah. And, so what, I'm looking and that's another to- good question. What is the age range that you're working with with students? Um, so typically it is eight to 14. Okay. Now, sometimes we have a few younger kids that join us if they're siblings of our older kids. And every once in a while, we have an older kid join us who just has never had the chance to be a kid yeah. and it wants the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. So now you were, you are an attorney. So how has your legal background and advocacy for children bolstered your mission uh, at Footpath? Um, I think I think that having worked as a lawyer in the city of Detroit for a few years really gave me a better understanding of the complications of living in poverty and institutionalized racism, especially in our foster care system. Yes. So it helped me to be able to to use what I what I learned and observed over that time as I apply it to our mission. Um, for for example we want to make sure kids have what they need to come out with us. And that shouldn't be a barrier to them having these experiences. So right. they may not have the means their family, you know, a lot of our families live well below poverty that we serve the poverty level. We do not want that to be a barrier for them to joining us. So that influence has definitely been brought into the mission of footpath. And then my experience and and my background allows me to, I believe, be a strong advocate for children who don't have a voice, who who deserve to be heard, yes. and making space for them to be heard is built into everything that we do. And I do I do believe that's been very influential as we grow, especially mm-hmm. because we're listening to our youth and hearing them. Yes. And, understanding better what they need and then meeting their needs where they're at. That's excellent. Excellent. Now, how did the Neighborhood Connections Grant help your organization? Oh, the Neighborhood Connections Grant was so helpful for us. Their financial support means so much. This year, we were able to take more kids from the um, Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority on outdoor adventures because of Neighborhood Connections. Excellent. Yeah, it was so it was so special, especially in this time that um, we unfortunately were seeing an increase. We have a very good relationship with the housing authority and with the community center directors, and they shared with us that there in some of the centers they were seeing a decrease in students coming to the community centers because of an increase in violence. Yeah, yeah, and so we. Sometimes do our programming right at the community center, but 
because families were nervous about mm-hmm. having their kids be there, we we used the grant money from Neighborhood Connections to take kids out, out to new adventures. So Excellent. to the Metro Parks or to other outdoor spaces. Um, and, and it kind of was a blessing in disguise because it allowed them to try something new yeah. and a different green space yeah. than what they're, you know, always looking at. So, right. so that support from neighborhood connections was instrumental in making sure that could happen. Well, that's great. Yeah. Neighborhood connections is a great organization. And when I, when I discovered, I was like, what they do, what? <laughs> and now here I am several years later. Now I'm doing a show to feature wonderful people like yourself who are giving back to our community. Now, at the end of the day, when you're doing the projects, you know, for, for uh, the young people, what have you, You've got your own family and things that you do with your family. So what is a favorite? I actually, yeah, what, what's your favorite family activity? Um, I do love going hiking and going to the beach with my own family. Yeah. I also love playing games with them. Yeah. Um, so we haven't been able to go camping this year, but I really like being camping or sitting outside and like playing Uno with my kids. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, just I, I, being... I'm laughing because when my daughter was younger and um, she, she sent me something about the other day, she had a deck of Uno cards and she, she, was, she was trying to teach me how to play Uno and just say, I was not a very good student. <laughs> so we, we were just laughing about that the other day. She says, mommy, oh, you were not, a good, you. You were not <laughs> a good student at all, mommy. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. You know, and well, go on, we can say something. You'll have to join us sometime because I'll, I'll I'll teach you. It's so much fun. You I would love up. that. Yeah, she tried to teach me. I was I was not uh, cooperating at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and in preparing for these conversations, I always love the fact that I found out new things. So you collect Protoski stones. Why do you collect them? I did my research. I was fascinated. So please explain for the benefit of our audience. Yeah. So Petoskey stones are only found in Michigan. Yes. That's Um, what I read. Yeah. And these stones were created by the glaciers over two millions ago. So they're part fossil coral, like fossilized coral and part rock. And they have these markings on them that look like it's sort of hard to describe, but they kind of look like grid marks, but in a in a non-formal fashion, but you can't often see them unless the stone is wet. So, um, again, I, you know, I started collecting these because of my dad, my parents used to take us up to Northern Michigan. Um, and we would walk along. My mom is actually really good at finding them. We would walk along the beach looking for them. And now my youngest daughter is actually the expert. She, she can find a Petoskey stone, Every time we go on a walk, wow. I won't be able to find one and she can. So it's like, it's, it's an exciting little adventure. And then we keep them because they're so pretty and, um, it's just, they're so unique Yes, that it's fun to, fun to keep them. Yeah. And something that's so ancient, mm-hmm. you know, that you can find it and now and, 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 and just, and it's, it's just as amazing. It really, really it is. is. I keep asking, yeah. I keep thinking, well, <laughs> yeah. are they going to run out? Like, aren't. Won't all the Petoskey stones eventually be gone? But it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and, so. and the fact that they're, what's again, the age of them are well, two, two billion, billion years, years old. old. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, that that's just amazing. 
crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I'm a dog lover, too. So I see, you said in recent years, you've become a dog mom. I had a dog. Her name was Ginger Malone. She lived 14 human years, and I loved her to death. And you have a wonderful chocolate lab named Jojo. So tell us about Jojo. Yes, we got Jojo when she was 18 months old, and um, I had never had a dog before. So she's my first dog. Uh, Yes, I was very nervous, Um, but she's thankfully like the sweetest, greatest. You're in love now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm ridiculous now. Kids are like, you like the dog more than us? Um, No, but she doesn't talk back. And. She's yes, now she's my dog. So I went from being nervous to um just absolutely loving her and she's sleeping behind me now. She's she's awesome. Yeah, I, I can understand why I, I found my dog on a hundred and forty seventh well a friend of mine found her on hundred and forty seventh kinsman. I was fourteen years old. I brought her home and hit her in the side entrance. And so my dad got up to work, go to work that morning and all I heard was Maddie who put this dog in here? I ran downstairs. I said, okay, daddy, she's just going to be here for the day. We're going to take her to the Animal Protective League. And so as years went by, daddy used to look at, we'll look at her and say, Ginger, this has been the longest 24 hours. <laughs> and so she became his dog. She was shopping with him every Saturday. She hung out with him, went to the grocery store, the barber shop. Yeah, that was, that was his girl, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! Yeah, so That's I, 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 I understand. I'm a serious dog lover. <laughs> this is the long twenty-four yeah. hours. Yeah, it's the longest twenty-four hours, Ginger. <laughs> you know. So now, how can people contact you for camping information, donations? You know, for clothes, pillows, all the things that you need. Volunteer or book you for speaking engagements. Oh, thank you for asking that. We'd love to connect with people who also care about our mission and they can visit our website at footpathfoundation.org or they can email me directly. I love meeting new people and hearing hearing from them. So my email is marymacias, M-A-C-I-A-S at footpathfoundation.org. And that's also the website there's also a place where you can find um, more information about the golf outing. I forgot to mention okay, that. Okay, yes, let's return are, to that. Yeah, we are sold out. Oh, that's for good. Golfers. Yes, it's a, it's a. I'm very excited to announce that. However, the good news is that we have a spectator zone, so you could stop by. Um, it's thirty five dollars a ticket. You can buy them on our website, and then you can stop by and have lunch and play cornhole. And just be outside for a little bit. Enjoy enjoy the event with us without having to golf. It's also great for people who want to network, but maybe don't have all day to be able to spend on the course. Yeah, that is awesome. That is great. Well, I would like to thank my guest, Miss Mary Macias, for visiting with us today. I enjoyed our conversation. Me too. It was great to get to know you better. And um yeah. I love maybe after the podcast, we can talk more about your camping experiences. Maybe you want to come and visit us at camp someday. I would love to do that. I would love that. Thank you so much for the invitation. I would like to leave our audience with a quote from my guest today. While we all know the benefits of nature are universal to all, we also know access to nature is not equal. We can all be equalizers. 
I would like to thank our audience for stopping by today. We appreciate your support. Please join us again as we continue our conversation with Clevelanders who are making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. Visit Neighborhood Connections website to see all of our community engagement activities and opportunities. If you have a great idea and you want to do something positive for your community, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Stay informed, stay involved, stay connected. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighbor Up Spotlight. Neighbor Up Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television, Equity in the Arts Fund, in association with Bad Record Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone. Co-producer, Lila Mills. Engineer, James Cananan. Graphic artist, Cadrian Hinton. Production associate and photographer, John Ingram. We're just a homemade, handmade podcast from scratch. Please share our positive stories with your neighbors, friends, family, and on your social media. Thank you for listening, and neighbor up.